0: Hello and welcome to the Today Dreamer podcast, a conversational space where we explore what developing the practice of presence in our lives looks and feels like, in order to more wholly and fully participate in the blossoming of the emergent world story together. Today's guest is Daniel Thorson. I'll tell you a little bit about Daniel before we get into things. So Daniel is the creator of the emerge making sense of what's next podcast and a monastic at the monastic academy vermont so maple is the monastic academy for the preservation of life on earth and they've done some absolutely amazing work that i encourage you to check out through their youtube channel or website Uh, so daniel and his podcast have been a great inspiration in my life and I also would like to point you in that direction if you feel connected to what's shared here today. So I think that's all. Just before we do begin, I would like to invite you to take a moment with me of pause, coming into a state of presence by, like we do in every episode, just by slowly closing your eyes. And there's an invitation to, as slowly as you possibly can, Take one or two inhalations in through the nose, taking a moment to pause at the peak and just kind of explore for a brief moment of time what that feels like, what, that, what the subtleties of that space are like. And whenever you may be ready, there's an invitation to just let go and release As you exhale, just as slowly and gracefully on the way out, pausing for a brief moment at the bottom, and then repeating the process one or two more times together. feels right, on your next exhale at some point, it may be nice to synchronize the gentle opening of your eyes with the lower limits of your out breath, remaining in this state of openness and presence as we move into this chat with Daniel. I was just doing like a little meditation before we connected just now. And I was just trying to feel into where to begin and, and what might be a nice place to start. And I started really feeling, I guess, just into this moment and quite a strong feeling of heaviness came about. Hmm. Um, and I think, it's a combination of things but I think part of it is kind of going over just in preparation for our chat some of the previous conversations you've had and a lot of what you've shared on the Emerge podcast and there's a sense of yeah and a lot that's kind of mixed in to the cauldron with what's um is currently going on in my life as well um and I guess in everyone's life and then there's at the same time a feeling of like a lightness of spirit and and a confidence there as well and i just felt like it was unusual that the two were kind of sitting next to one another and just hanging out um Hmm. so i thought maybe that might be a place to begin Hmm. how does that that feel on your end
1: Hmm. yeah it resonates i think um There's something about the time that we're in the the planetary crisis, the uh, way in which I perceive us to be kind of headed towards or hanging off a precipice that's both like unbelievably heavy, like heavier than my consciousness can really Comprehend at most times, but that is itself a doorway into a kind of lightness of being. And those seem to coexist and almost mutually afford each other in this mysterious way. And so, as I hear you speaking, there's that kind of like mysterious intermingling of those two in me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've just. Yeah, there's just it seems like things have just gotten a lot more intense pretty quickly and and it's it's like not slowing down anytime soon. If anything, it it might be speeding up. And there's this theme I, I recognized or a pattern within what you've been sharing, and it's a sense of among other things, the there's kind of like a calling. Um, to move into some something new but there's also like I can see this within myself like almost like a, a difficulty there or, or like some friction um, that that is that I'm in the process of working through mm. um, I noticed when you so you you had you know your, your podcast coming out quite regularly and then you had a bit of a pause for a while and that pause kind of took me by surprise and at the time, I didn't really, um, you know, really register the reason or it didn't really resonate as much as it does now. And this sense of like, you know, is are my behaviors in alignment with, you know, this calling? And how could they be more in alignment? Yeah, just in that kind of a space at the moment, um, mm. I've just yeah. kind of i'm sitting with some some difficulty i guess cuz my mother just my mother's in hospital at the moment and oh. there's like a there's like a 50/50 chance of survival according to the doctors and it's this really kind of and it seems to match you know if i think of the mother as in mother earth in a sense there seems to be some kind of a matching there and there's a there's been a real kind of yeah, chaotic journey in that space that's been last now it's been a, a few weeks. Mm. Um mm. so it's like happening on a couple of different levels for me. And this time the timing of this chat just seems to be, you know, on point. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel quite tender hearing that and um mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge for me because I, I, you know, I, I find myself in a really, um, find myself, I've, I've made choices that have put myself in a, in a position where I'm surrounded by people at the monastic academy who are attempting to embrace this simultaneous lightness and, and heaviness of our situation. And, and, um, from here it's uh it it seems to be the case that that friction that you're experiencing between what you know is worth loving and being and what is now the way that you are or or the way your life is is actually exactly the traction that's Necessary to be in, and it's like I remember when I was first at the Monastic Academy. I, I, I actually started like a little podcast uh, before Emerge to talk to Soryu because I wanted to interview him because he had such a weird, kind of heterodox perspective on so many things. And um something I asked him this question. I said like, "What would you say?" Oh God, even it, it still causes me tension to remember sure. this. Like. Yeah, you know, this is like seven years later. And he, I said like, what, you know, for paraphrasing, like what would you say to somebody who is um, like stuck in a bullshit job in a place that they don't love, surrounded by people that don't really understand what they care about, who can like, knows that something more beautiful is possible for themselves in the world, but they have like, they don't actually, they don't know how to move towards it or achieve it and his response was it was it was essentially good they ought to suffer that is the suffering that clarifies that which is worth loving Mm. that is exactly the willingness to be held in that space of tension and discord between my heart's longing and the actuality of my life that tempers my soul Mm. such that it is prepared to be a vessel that can take me where I'm longing to go with the proper amount of courage, strength, integrity. And, and like, it's like, I, I now render that, like what I just said, I think is a much more, um, uh, kind way to say it than, than he said. I think he said something like, more like, yeah, they, they should suffer. That's, that's, they should struggle with that and Mm. just kind of left it at that. But, Mm. um, it's it's like I, I think the, there's a response to me that's just like I want to honor you for for both naming that and seeing it that way and bringing that into this conversation. It's
0: hmm. yeah, it's I appreciate that. There's this sense of yeah, there's this sense of like almost like there's a signal at play, like it's like a little hey, like and but there's also this feeling I've been looking into. This is a it might be a strange turn, but I've been looking into uh, the way I, in which I was born, and it was a it was a cesarean birth, and there's this sense of I've been connecting that um, along with other things in my life to this idea of like things needing to get really bad before anything changes, you know this sense mm. of um, you know almost like not having gone through the birth canal for example and just things and just all of a sudden being taken out of the belly and um almost like um the ease or the comfort and then like the sudden change um there's been like some kind of a connection point in terms of um i guess feeling like moving through some kind of a birth canal or pushing myself to do that I guess. And I've just, yeah, there's been some kind of a connection there and I've been feeling like there's a sense of um, just from, from a collective standpoint. And I've been in discussion with a friend about this recently, this idea of, you know, it seems like at times, it seems like change doesn't happen until things are kind of at the, the last moment. And it's like, you've got no other choice. It's like, okay, now you're going to change like it, it gets me questioning does it need to be that way you know mm. is there is there is there a way to um move into that and maybe the questioning itself is moving into it maybe you speaking to for um saw you for at that time maybe in in a sense that was part of the process that reflection that he provided mm. um but mm. definitely see the truth in that that kind of having to go through the pain to be able to um, get, the, get the feedback that this is time to change or now there's like, <laughs> you've got no other choice. You need, to, you need to do something different. You need to move into this calling because this can't go on anymore.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, certainly on the... Individual level, like in terms of what my my spiritual practice, it is the case that suffering is the teacher fundamentally. Suffering reveals to me the ways in which I'm clinging and the ways in which I'm not seeing clearly, as long as I have faith that suffering can be resolved. Mm -hmm. And I wonder the degree to which that's also true for the collective. And indeed, I think it's true in my experience with like organizational design and, and um, you know, living in and, and um, re- designing communities. It's like anything where there is suffering, there's some kind of opportunity for healing, for holding, for deeper understanding. Um, that dissonance and tension is 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 our is exactly that which um, properly met reveals more integrity and harmony and truth. Um, yeah, and so you know, depending on how how uh, broken our sensors are as individuals or as a collective, there might need to be much more. We might need to upregulate the the signal of suffering in order for us to actually reconstellate ourselves.
0: Well, that's where I was going with the whole birthing thing. So it was like a sense of almost like, almost like having to train to put effort in because there was just as an analogy, mm. that's like, the, mm. it's like, that wasn't required. So it's a sense of maybe it's not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> the dynamics of how that works. I'm not, you know, um, you know how much effort the mother puts in versus the child. I'm sure it's both.
1: I think I do, though, I do want to say, like, um, it, it, it seems to be the case, and I see this at, at, at Maple, um, that people tend to be either motivated by their suffering or they're motivated by compassion, by longing and love and, uh, and a desire to be of service. Like, so they're, they're, and, and I see that also just in people's stories. Like some people, most people probably enter the path, so to speak. Um, because of some suffering, but there are others who it's purely a curiosity and longing and like, uh, passion and eros that, that, that opens them and that Hmm. like kind of is the doorway. So it does seem that there's at least those two.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting thing mentioning doorways and bridges. Cause I'm, I'm just, there's, I know there's, there's kind of a space of interest there and there's also, there seems to be, what you said earlier about this seems to be like a desensitization on on multiple different levels, and and the process of doing like that bridging or even that seed sprouting hmm. is is an interesting thing for me, maybe before people have even gotten to maple, because I'm sure you've you've had many experiences with many people um, on this part of your journey. And I'm, I've got a curiosity around, you know, um, doorways or bridges into this this space um, from a desensitized standpoint. And totally, I know you mentioned suffering and compassion. Um, <laughs> and it, and it's this almost it seems as though in 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 one sense that it's almost like everyone's going on their own journey through that, and it's like not really up to anyone to, you know, um, do anything about it in a way, but then that, that doesn't seem completely right because it's not like the things it's like we, we have uh-huh. agency, you know, and there's a sense of maybe creating fertile soil and, you know, handing out some seeds or something, you know,
1: Yeah. And when I hear you speak to that, it sounds like you're talking about how, on the one hand, everybody is kind of on their own journey. And there's something sacred uh, about that. And and on the other hand, there's a a need for a kind of transformation to take place. And so how do we create a context in which people sort of get turned on to that or, or something? and hold that tension between not wanting to like infringe on people's agency.
0: And is that, is that kind of, that's kind of the space. Yeah. Does anything come up for you in that area? Totally.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this is a lot of where um, my love and passion for ethics is alive. Right. And it is actually something I spoke about in um, I think that, that episode that you mentioned where I kind of like stopped my podcast was um, the, my sense, my story is that the way that culture shifts is through the revelation and embodiment of emerging values, right? So, so, so it's really becoming the kind of person who can totally embody service to all beings and then like be a beacon for that. You will, and I see this with Soryu, right? you just like, he doesn't have to tell you to go to maple you're just like you're kind of like a moth there's like some kind of latent yeah drawing quality to it that just calls you for those who are for those with ears to hear so to speak um and so that's more like my i mean my dream my vision my my kind of like the image that i've long had is of a kind of like signal or uh uh, bats, you know, like a kind of a bat signal radio signal. That was so obviously trustworthy that anybody who had the, the, the ability to hear it could be like, huh? Ah, there it is. There's the signal.
0: And now yeah. I will... yeah. I I've been playing this. I've been thinking about this, this word like vibration or vibes for quite a while now and looking mm. at it from a number of different perspectives. Um, you know, the atmosphere in a space or, um, you know, the impermanence of the combination of sounds while you're meditating or something, that that one print um, and, you know, all different perspectives. And it seems like I'd love to go and get into Willow um, in a moment, but there's this sense of like um, harmonization and amplification as well that takes place when, you um, there are multiple spaces in harmony. And I, I, went, I went away and spent a bit of time at a monastery earlier this year. and the same kind of thing happened. I had a glimpse into what you're sharing now, but only for a moment. Um, I had a beautiful experience there. And after I came back into um, this space, I noticed that, you know, instead of trying to, um, you, know, help people out, just the way that I was being, the space that I was in after that time, was doing more than I had ever done before. And people were actually saying that to me. They were like, oh, you're actually um, making me want to change this or that you're, the way that you're living is actually encouraging me. And I was like, there seems to be knowledge is one thing, but then like just the beingness um, emanates that vibe and allows others to harmonize with that um, more effortlessly, it's like, like you mentioned, you're, you're drawn to that and it just feels right rather than it being something that's going on in your head like calculation or whatever.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I, I believe and I, I, um, my experience is that that's true for individuals and it's true for cultures, for collectives. Mm. And, and, and yes, I, I, I think that's right. That's how I see it as well.
0: Mm. There's just... Yeah, there's just
1: and i would i would add though you know it's it's there's a, like it's also the case that if we have like appropriate conceptual frameworks uh that supports us in um resonating yes with uh that which is able to be resonated with in this way and then also the degree to which we've say um worked through our emotional baggage, to put it like in one way, will also allow us to be sensitive again, such that we can resonate. So it's that, you know, it is in a way that simple, yeah, just to kind of have there be a resonant signal that others can sort of sync up with. But it also does, it's that is supported a lot, I think, by uh framing it, you know, having a conceptual, philosophical, even metaphysical or ontological framework. Like even saying what you just said. You know, that's, there's value in that, in that it, that will help you and listeners see that that is a possible way of relating to experience. But then also the, the ma- one of the main ways we shut down our ability to be inspired or resonant with like values or, or, or beauty, uh, beautiful ways of being that are possible for us is because of, of trauma and um, the way that that kind of like closes us down to being impacted. Resonant, resonating with, with with the world in various ways
0: yeah i'm i'm sure yeah the trauma comes into it. it sounds like what you're saying there's other elements as well like if you're if you're not looking after yourself eating right sleeping right all that kind of thing oh, yeah. it's almost like there's a signal and like what i mentioned is a glimpse of it that i noticed in my life on this one occasion but there's also a sense of that signal can die down and it's like how do we kind of keep beaming that out how do we you know have this kind of this ongoing internal cycle happening where we're feeding that and enlivening that um Mm. and it seems like if that can take place this is something i've noticed and this is all this is just this it seems this way um but it seems like if that can take place um and i I really believe this it's, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but it seems like the rest does take care of itself because that's in order. And then there's a flow yeah. and effect from that. So it, and I think we worry about the rest a lot. Yeah. There's, there's like a, how do we do this or how does this work? But it, it seems like if that, that core piece is in place, then and ongoingly um, uh, putting out that, that, that signal, um then yeah and that that does make a difference um because if and it's it's something i guess it's difficult to measure um but it d- definitely lights up other um beacons and and they begin to amplify as well There seems to be a an ongoing um say like a contagious effect of some sort in a positive way
1: yeah to- totally i agree completely and um you know uh two things come to mind one is that uh soryu is the, i suppose maybe listeners uh, for them to know is the founder and head teacher at the monastic academy where i i live and work and train and um he has said that kind of one way to conceive of the goal of this kind of training is to you see that uh there are these people in the world who uh are in many cases actually attempting to do the right thing and sort of like heal the world. And then nonetheless, we are hurtling off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, so it's like the, the effluent of their being is the destruction of life on earth. The training is to become the kind of person who, without any effort, without attempting to be of benefit to all beings without attempting to save the world the effluent this the, the 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 scent that you have <laughs> is is that of service and and skillfulness and and it's what you know kind of transforms the world in the appropriate way and um this i think is partly what like uh Nora bateson and bonita roy talk about this uh who are, who are i don't know if you are you familiar with these thinkers? Yeah, I've come are, like, across in, the, the, in our work yeah. yeah they talk they talk about this possibility of solving all the problems at once yeah so this idea of the meta crisis is this like tangle of problems and it's like this idea that there's a way of being that solves all the problems at once in a sense mm. not because it like there's all the nuclear warheads are gone but that you're
0: kind relevant at that point
1: yeah and they're and they'll take, yeah i don't i don't even know how to talk about it but it, it they they <laughs> I'm like i'm beyond my pay grade of being able to speak about it with words i think but uh it 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 rhymes with what i think soryu is pointing to that this is just like it's natural to a certain way of being to heal the planet just like it's natural to a certain mind a certain pattern of delusion to uh, destroy life to transform the beauty of nature into money and numbers
0: mm. Mm. it it's yeah, it seems like what's coming up for me is this idea of again just the glimpse from being in that kind of a different environment that I went to, just using this as as the example, and then almost like. Like a sense of inertia that's taken totally. place and yeah. um almost like a change in the tides, or maybe not necessarily a change in tides, but something new coming, something new being that has been born, that's been um, you know, that's come to life. Um, that 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 brings a sense of, I don't know, if hope's the right place to sit, but it mm. a sense of faith or something like that. Mm. Um and then again this sense of like just uh, it's just this is like probably a very terrible analogy but i'm i was thinking about this idea of uh, yeah no it's it's, it's bad <laughs> um this this idea of just like um oh, this so much confusion and so much kind of just floating out there um of, like children floating out on, on donuts in the ocean or something. Yeah. And, and like, oh, it's almost as if um, certain choices can push us further out into the ocean and it's a struggle to get closer to the shore. And I think what's coming up for me is this, maybe like the need for community to help each other move in, in the direction that feels the most right in their heart um and again this amplification the the little signals matter as well all the little signals together you know are important so yeah i'm not sure how i'm going with this but that's kind of what's coming up this idea of like just the just the the environment cuz at the moment i mean i'm coming from from melbourne australia and mm. they're calling it like the most locked down city in the world and things are really kind of intense from from that side of things or sort of uh, it seems like, you know, it's been difficult to get, we've not not been a, allowed to get into nature and spend time with mother earth. Cause we can't leave. There's been times where we couldn't leave five kilometers from our home and there's all these kind yeah. of restrictions and um, we can't gather in, in groups. Um, protests have been made illegal um, during certain parts of the lockdown and um, you can't visit other people, and there's been this real sense of um, further separation. And it seems, with a lot of bills that are being passed at the moment and, and pushed through, that that's that's getting more intense. Yeah. Um, so it, it just it feels like, for me, anyways, I feel like I'm in the belly of the beast at the moment, yeah. and that there's a it seems quite different from being in. An, and I feel like a lot of people are probably in a similar position. Um, you know, no matter where they are in the world, they could be in a similar kind of state where they're surrounded by um, certain forms of distraction or certain things that um, promote, um, you know, addiction or desire or whatever else. There's a sense of like um, environments um, or hubs that make it very... um, very much easier to connect to that signal and um, not easy. I don't think easy is the right word, but it's just, it's mm-hmm. conducive for that because you've got the community and you've got people around, you've got the supportive network, and you've got maybe an ecology of practices to go through. But I've just got a question about like, yeah, like this question's coming up around the middle of, of, of the belly of the beast. And mm-hmm. in a sense, we're all in that space, you know, um yeah does anything come up for you when i when i talk about these environments or these these kind of spaces we find ourselves in
1: yeah 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 so a friend of mine nathan vanderpool has uh i suppose it's a metaphor yeah a metaphor of um ability and difficulty so um, referring to like individual skillfulness and the environment right so how difficult is the environment to live in harmony in signal in accord with that which is worth loving Uh, environments are variably difficult in different mm. ways. Mm. And then how much ability do you have as an agent to irrespective of environment mm. live in integrity with that which is worth loving and um you know there in some ways a place like maple is designed to lower the difficulty in some ways but also raise it in others mm. with the end goal of ideally and this is very hard to do of course ter- making people that are so high skilled that they can enter into the belly of the beast and stay in that signal so that they can bend it towards love even as they walk into the most diluted parts of our world um you know that's a really hard thing like i think part of what one ends up realizing as, you know, in either direction, either when you like are in a space where it's just horrible to, in various ways, like you can't leave your house, you can't see nature, um, or you go into place like a culture or an environment that's just like extremely supportive of beautiful qualities of being, You, it really threatens the delusion of individuality and the idea that we can kind of like biohack our way to safety or, or like just change our habits in order to kind of become this superhuman person. We actually are totally embedded in our culture and our systems and our environment, mm. our relationships, our mm. food system. It's our, not about
0: escaping that environment. It's about there's no,
1: yeah, blending there's no separate piece. into it
0: in a way that's... There's no
1: separate piece. Yes, yeah. indeed.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure and it it's yeah yeah I get where you're coming from in that space I think I heard you even mention this in in one of your conversations around it's almost like it it's it's kind of it's insane to think that there is that it is separate um to forget about the sense of obligation and responsibility yeah yeah I I <laughs> I see this in my younger self wanting to kind of I guess, run away externally and not realizing totally. that there's a sense too. of like, you could never get away because it's not about the external environment. Yeah. Totally.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, but the difficulty I still, thing it's is still real
0: though. Like it's still like a, Oh, super real. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely real. Yeah. And there's a sense of, and, like, and it's not, a, it, I get frustrated sometimes with this idea of like, when I notice it, I can notice myself being taken over by it. I don't like it, and it's a mm. sense of like this kind of um yeah, I guess that's another struggle and signal as well to move more into harmony. just mm. it's not but comfortable yeah
1: taken over by what what uh, didn't...
0: well this sense of like um being in being in this kind of an environment, I feel like um there's that. And like you mentioned, if you're in the other side where things were a lot easier on one hand, um, it would happen in a different way. But it, it seems as though there's like um, like invitations from the environment and um, habitual motions that have been in place for a long period of time throughout my life, um, like programmings. And um, there's like... I can I feel when things feel right. It it just feels it's just like okay. This kind of is a, this is the space to be in. The signals beaming, and I'm I'm in this space. But um, for example, what happened again with this monastery example? I noticed once I got back, um, there was a gradual fading away. Something still remained, but it was a lot weaker than that initial point of return because in that point of return, I was like, what is going on? This is like, I've never been in this kind of space before. And I just feel like every step I'm taking is just completely present and alive and full of life. And, and so, um, full of meaning as well. Mm -hmm. And um, it felt, it felt like it felt like I was in harmony, I guess, harmonizing with everything. And then, that gradually faded and that's what i mean by you know the sense of that's yeah. not that wasn't that's not stable it wasn't stable within me and um that signal was kind of flicker. it flickers and it's it's not it doesn't i guess there's an attachment involved with like wanting to hold on to that space um but yeah it's just an observation i guess
1: yeah i think it's it's easy in our culture to blame ourselves for losing the signal. Yeah. Um, and I think partly what I'm pointing to is both the, that it's not our fault, although, you know, that's the one aspect of what can maintain the signal is our own diligent efforts and discipline, but that also we just need to transform systems so that it's easier to be in that kind of harmonic relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. That, that, that it's not enough even if you could. And I think you can. I've seen it. I, I lived in Boulder, Colorado, where this kind of thing. Like it's possible to kind of create a little God realm on earth. What did you see uh, there? Oh, you know, um, how do I describe it? Kind of like people with a lot of capital and, and social capital and financial capital who could, Um, have access to wonderful spiritual teachers and retreats and the best food and the best uh, kind of like techno boost for physiology. And um, they were just extremely happy and well calibrated in a lot of respects and vibrant. Um, But also there's a sense that it just isn't quite I can't, I'm not sure I can put my finger on it. It's not quite, it's not in harmony with the whole somehow.
0: This something comes up for me when you're sharing this is this sense of there's this idea that I've had in the past as well. And it's this sense of, all right, well, maybe you prosper in that, in that, in that way or with that trajectory. And then once you're, once you've worked out things, on a financial level, or anything, or or like, um, you know, once you've got the means to create that kind of a space, then you switch. But I think, I think the process of, of, of getting the means or or, or getting the finances to do that, I think in in that process something goes on as well. Um, not quite sure what it is, but there's a sense of um, change within us in by the behaviors that are connected to certain values so it's like if the behaviors are in line and 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 in line with certain values that are really like at the core of our being there's a sense that again everything the rest takes care of itself um i don't know this is what comes up for me because i've had that idea in the past of like i'll make a bunch of money and then i'll just create a space and then everyone would just be, everything will all be good. But I think in the process of of what I've begun to realize is like, all right, well, if I'm focused on the money, well that's going to breed something within me that maybe won't be the best for the space. And I don't know if I can really quantify it, but, or but does that kind of,
1: it, yeah, it's, 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 it's related to it. It's not what I was pointing to in that, but it is, I think, the case that we fool ourselves in thinking that we can participate in this system that is destroying life on Earth in a way where it benefits us, without kind of getting our soul dirty. Like we can, and and it's possible to do it in a way where it's, you don't completely succumb to Moloch. You know, you're kind of like using irony and and you're somehow disconnected. But I think it, it will inevitably make, desensitize you in various ways um so what i'm hearing is
0: like a disconnectedness
1: yeah 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 you're gonna have to ignore some aspect of your integrity uh is my sense would be is my would be my take uh in order to do that and that will then be reflected in the kind of harmony that you have on the other side i think i'm
0: trying to say the same thing i just don't have the words yeah i i I feel like that's kind of the area that i was pointing to yeah yeah i was just yeah, I just felt that within me through the example of, of money or something. Um, but that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Would you be able to share a little bit about Willow for us now? Because I know um, it seems like you've been working on this for ages, like a, a long period of time. Yeah. And just being yeah. tracing things back and, it, and I've noticed that, I don't know, how long has, like, it seems possibly even years um, in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, it, it, yeah, you know, either I can certainly trace it back um, through my my whole life. In a sense, uh, more recently, you know, I came back to the Monastic Academy in twenty seventeen or eighteen, uh, to, in part to develop the curriculum there, and um, it, through a lot of twists and turns the willow program that i'm now in the last two weeks of leading um was born uh and so it wasn't originally why i came back but it was made clear that we had to that the best thing to do would be to create a kind of ulterior space where we could prototype and experiment with some shifts in the system design that i felt and that we felt were like um important to experiment with
0: i think this is so exciting i think like what you're doing is like it's like it's so it's so exciting this is like yeah and it sounds like a lot of fun as well like oh yeah it's like to just like let's just like try a bunch of stuff out and like you know see what fits where and let's have fun with this and explore and and it's all for such a beautiful kind of there's such a beautiful um you know, heart space behind it, that it just feels like mm. it feels so nice. There's something really nice and fun and like exciting about it. That's what's coming up. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of different uh, pieces for me. Like, uh, yeah, it's the first time I've, I've been a, a, a teacher really fully in this way, like where I'm the teacher in this, in this space. Uh, and there's all kinds of like personal challenges related to that, and so like there's like the personal aspect for me, and then there's the more just sort of like creative. Uh, yeah. That uh, that this exists now at all, and, and the learning that to, must
0: take place. Like there's an oh, acceleration yeah. of learning through the teaching process. So totally.
1: Oh yeah. Wow. No, it's really good. It's really it's it's been a lot of fun, and I feel super grateful that, um, you know, Maple trusted me enough to let me do this, that Willow trusted me. You know, Seishin is my collaborator. She's the founder of Willow who trusts me enough to uh, let us run this experiment here. That these like people came who <laughs> in many cases I had never met, who yeah. just like entrusted their lives to this experiment for yeah. three months is wild. Yeah, that, that, that the conditions came together for this is, is amazing.
0: Uh, Tell us about it. Yeah. So what's going on over there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, so um, how to frame it? It's a three-month kind of neo-monastic experiment, three-month residential training about an hour and a half east of Toronto. And there's eight people living together, training together full-time with a modified monastic schedule. So we took the kind of schedule that we use in vermont at the monastic academy there and 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 the schedule in a monastery is as you know from your time there's kind of like the spine of the monastery would you be able to
0: just before we continue could you maybe get into a bit more detail on the schedule because i'm curious about um there's a real curiosity about um this idea of Making your home a monastery for me and this mm. idea of like bring that back. So just a glimpse into that might be great.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So um we have we've, we've shifted around a bit over the last three months. Um, but right now uh we push back the start time actually just a couple weeks ago because it was getting it was staying dark later. So we wanted to have the exercise period be during the, the daytime. So um we start in the morning at five thirty AM with about a uh, half hour of chanting, and so we have some chants that we do that kind of like present some of the ethical commitments and uh, intentions for how we use this time of training. And then we move into an hour of seated silent meditation. Then we do an hour um, exercise period every day, which is what do you do really, for that? Really, uh, different people do different things. So you know, I have my own kind of physical practice. Practice, but uh uh and we help people if, if you if they come into the training and they don't have any kind of physical practice we'll like teach them based on what they're interested in um different things to do but it's, it's critical actually like we will sacrifice meditation before we sacrifice exercise in the schedule um yeah so it's really fundamental
0: is it like do you go for runs or do you like there's a bit of yoga or
1: i do a bunch of different stuff i i do yoga i have a banded weightlifting um thing that i do uh sometimes i'll do sprints uh yeah just move the body body. yeah 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 and 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 you know um it it's very helpful because in doing this kind of training you can often run into patterns of energy that are really challenging and will kind of get you into rumination cycles where like the energy is stuck and you can just create a lot of problems for yourself and so you know, exercise is good for a lot of reasons, but one reason reasons it's good is that if, you ex- or if you're exercising hard enough, you, ha- you cannot sustain that and you just have to let go mm. of some, whatever way of being you were coming into the period of exercise with. And so if you, if, you, if you manage to make it through the meditation period while still having a coherent sense of self, then the exercise period is another opportunity to just like blast through that and yeah. find freedom on the other side yeah uh, so we, we, we do exercise for an hour and that's critical and then we have um at willow this is you know we, it's a little different than at maple we have a breakfast which is breakfast with journaling for about 50 minutes oh, so okay. um, yep. we Straight have a silent after the breakfast yep. silent breakfast and people are encouraged to journal and kind of reflect on their process we give people different um methods of journaling um yep. And then uh, we have a morning meeting where we do a kind of check in uh, announcements, talk about the work day, and then um, we go into about four or five hours of work, five hours of like, um, you know, building this nonprofit, basically. And so it's a bit different than most monasteries in that mostly we're doing kind of like knowledge work. So like uh, fundraising or program design or Um, You know, uh, whatever else needs to be done, networking. um, Yeah. uh, And then we have a silent lunch uh, for 40 minutes or so, some chores. Then we have three hours of self practice time where people can kind of do whatever uh, they feel is important laundry, continue to meditate, whatever is most needful. And then we have the evening program at 5.30, which um, has been a lot of different things over the last three months. Now we're at the point in the program where it's kind of this harmonization circle, which I could describe in more detail, but it's a collective practice um, for about two hours, two and a half hours, depending on how it's going. And then we end the evening with another silent sitting period and a 15 minute chant of compassion. And so the evening ends around uh, 9 p.m. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then back to bed and up at 5.30 again. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm just cognizant of time and I want to go a little bit deeper into Willow. I just wanted to know how much time we have and what we have. Like, yeah, if we need to end it at half past or.
1: Oh, um, I think I haven't. They can go until at least eight, right? That's what I think what we scheduled. Um, but I could go a little bit past that if, if uh,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, Pretty cool, flexible. awesome. So I'm just thinking, um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I was just thinking now, like it'd be. I've, I'm just trying to feel into where the experimental. I mean, the whole thing's an experiment, but where the experimental components and the different types of practices come in. I know they're kind of. Um. Seems like they're they're kind of peppered throughout the day, but there may be a space of that five thirty area where you shift different things in and out. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So there's there's a couple pieces there. I mean, so so the, yeah, in the five thirty period, um, that's definitely where a lot of what's um, most significantly different versus. Um, what you would see in Vermont or other monasteries, traditional monasteries. And we also do do, um, regular retreats of like three days to five days. Um, uh, But it's really, yeah, that evening period and then what are the practices that we're doing. And also to a certain degree, how the container is held. So in Vermont and in almost all traditional monasteries that I'm aware of, it's pretty uh hierarchical and kind of like i I use this i actually have a lot of fondness for this term but authoritarian Mm. right like they don't care what you feel they don't care what you Mm. think should be happening right now you're you're doing it um we have and i have used a lot of like we call like non-coercive group dynamics and organizational design In terms of how the container is held, things that I learned from like Holacracy and Occupy Wall Street. Um, uh, These are topics that I've explored in my podcast. But basically, like, how do we um, support wholehearted participation through mutual understanding and the presencing and surfacing of tensions Mm -hmm. of various kinds, Mm -hmm. so that there's like a really strong sense of coherence, harmony, uh, and buy-in. From the whole group which um itself is a whole process and is kind of underlies this sort of uh, philosophy and framework of this experiment Um, because the superordinate goal is is sort of to to produce harmony in the individuals the system the relationships uh, all the systems that we can interact with
0: yeah and is just with the different elements that come into um, this. So you mentioned um, in a previous chat with, with John Viveki, this idea of the, the body and, and making sure that that's kind of at a, at a nice base. And then the psyche, and you mentioned mm-hmm. the, um, the family systems, uh, relationships, um, and then the ethics piece, and then um, the perception. So these seem to be um like underlying kind of areas that are dived more deeply into through different practices um would you be able to go into some of those practices with me and maybe share about how you open, open that up for the group and maybe even a little bit about what you've learned through that process of teaching and holding those spaces
1: sure um I, it, where is there any place in particular you'd like me to start i guess
0: what? i yeah i mean i recently um had a chat with guys saying stock around oh, circling. Cool. Yeah. yeah it was and the whole idea is and i've i've run a couple of circling sessions since and that's been huh. that's been fun that's been interesting um yeah. and it seems like that might even feed back into what you're talking about this um non-hierarchical structure you know that's promoting and and building that in as a sense of community and trust and um, intimacy there that's strengthening the group Mm -hmm. and I guess what Mm -hmm. comes up now is this idea of like yeah people coming into that space but I I was just wondering um, yeah with that practice and and also if there are any other practices that you that you bring into the space or experiment with or is it just kind of these set ones that you've decided upon trying for a little while?
1: Mm, yeah, so we definitely, we, we have experimented with other practices, like um, somebody here is uh, quite practiced in something called collective presencing, which uh, they, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's a, it's a form of sort of like mm, collective intelligence practice, which I hadn't done before, but it is very lovely. Uh, and then we've also um created some exercises based on our experiments in the group like we just created new practices together um and and sort of experimented with that but but mostly we we are sticking to the ecology of practices that um you know i i i taught that are associated with those five aspects of harmonization um and the circling in particular is fascinating i think because from my perspective it is a kind of like foundation on top of which to build other um, collective practices on top of and so uh, when i mentioned the 530 to uh you know, the, the thing we do in the evening, the evening part of the program, what that looks like now, uh, and this was always the goal in the program design, and I didn't know what this would look like in fact, or if we would get there, is something like a harmonization circle where we sit together in circle, the eight of us, and we're trained in all of these practices, all of these moves. Um, and we, based on what's present and what's emerging in that field, we uh, deploy. Different moves in order to bring whatever systems into harmony. And so sometimes we'll do psychological healing, sometimes we'll meditate, sometimes we'll work on the level of perception and emptiness, sometimes we'll circle a relational tension, sometimes we will uh, do ethical reflection and sort of sense into values or tensions in that space. And we'll kind of weave back and forth between them in order to create a superabundance of harmony across all systems. It's really that,
0: interesting, <laughs> but that
1: depends on there being a kind of like legibility and um sensitivity to harmony yeah. and disharmony within those different aspects within yeah. each participant
0: mm. yeah so it a took a lot of... of
1: training to get to that point, <laughs> but we're ju- we get, we just got there a little while ago,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean it's a I think it's a continuous sounds like continuous thing, oh, be, yeah, you know, and it's like what's coming up in that moment and what's being called for. And it's almost like all these different practices and all these different areas of experimentation and play have built in, uh, different energetic systems within you that you, that you can call forth when they're needed in that moment. If you're sensitive, if you're sensitive enough to that, 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 um, request, it reminds me in a strange way of, have you heard of like, um, the Amazonian dietas? No. Where, so, um, you know, shamans in the Amazon or, you know, different people go through the process mm. of dieting um, different plants. And for example, um, the rose. So you could, you know, um, drink, you fast, you don't drink anything else for, you know, weeks or months or sometimes years. Um, and you, or you drink or you eat sort of enough food to sustain your body, but really bland foods every couple of days. And you connect mm. with the spirit of this plant, and mm. then um, it, at the right moment, in a in a in a kind of a ceremonial space, when someone's requiring healing, um, these these energetic pathways from the plant come up, and s- they mm. come out in songs. So that that song is sung um, at a certain kind of vibration, and that and that that's you know the perfect thing for that moment in the perfect Beautiful. time. So it sounds like a similar kind of a thing, but without any of the plants and any of the shamans, but in yeah, a different well, way.
1: Totally, totally. Well, I think I think and this is partly like, you know, the 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 reason that I designed this the way I did is because I saw in Vermont, that people were coming with lots of different kinds of suffering. Mm. And into a certain degree, they expected meditation to be a cure all mm. for all of those types of suffering. Mm. And they're not like wrong. There's a certain way in which that's true. Like meditation over a long enough time horizon, practice with sufficient skill, is a kind of cure-all, magically, because clinging ends up being that which supports all other kinds of suffering. Sort of, but like the devil is in the details. Our lives are made up of particulars, and uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, the, the, the suffering of meaninglessness is different. For the most part than the suffering that meditation deals with Mm. the suffering of pathological neuroticism and shame is Mm. different than what meditation is at least designed to deal with Mm. it's true that you can kind of make meditation support those things and and it's certainly helpful no matter what i think in most cases but it's a lot there's better technologies and tools if that's like the kind of suffering that's present. And so, yeah, there's a very much a sense of there being particular kinds of dissonances or disharmonies or tensions or sufferings and particular kinds of tools of harmonization that when leveraged just can unfold it much more quickly, much more quickly.
0: I guess that's, yeah, that just brings up John Vavakey's point on the ecology of practices and why there, there are multiple practices that flow in and out and, come, come forth at the right time where you can call upon them. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Then, and that's, uh, and so John Verveki and, and, um, and, uh, Jordan hall had this conversation where they came up with this idea of a meta psycho technology, hmm. uh, which is sounds complicated. Uh, it is, but it, it is, you know, they came up with words and stuff, and, but like, it's, uh, it just means like, how do you decide which psycho technology to deploy? And it ends up that this is really the $10,000 question. And this is really the thing that underlies education to a certain degree. When do you offer the right sort of stimulus or tool or, Mm. um, you know, move to a mind Mm. in order to afford the kind of transformation that you're endeavoring to, um, to open up to. And, and, you know, in a certain respect, a monastery, is a meta-psychotechnology the idea is that you enter into this culture and the culture through the teacher as well as the other people you're living with sort of can help you find your way to the right move the right psychotechnology the right technique uh, mm-hmm. that is needed most needed for you at this time um, but and, and and so the idea in part with willow is could it be the case that a group a collective intelligence could be the meta that we could have enough exposure to different practices and ways of relating to our suffering that we could um, participate with each other such that the right move could be made, right? That I could, I might be able to see the key to unlock your suffering, just as you can see the key to mine. And it seems like that has proven to be. I mean, there's a lot of refinement to do. Believe me, this is like I've got a long <laughs> list of ways that I've made mistakes <laughs> with this, with this experiment. Um, I hope I get another chance to to, to try. It. But but it seems like there's something really there that um, you know. It's it's great if you can find an enlightened teacher. I'm so glad that I have been able to study with Soryu. But there's not enough of them to go around. We need. Other kinds of um, systems and spaces that can robustly yeah. afford transformation.
0: Yeah, It's just coming back to this idea of it's yeah, it seems like again these kind of beacons and these kind of these signals that are getting sent out. And I'm just picturing saw you as and and that being rooted in again these um, ethics you know, and, and, the, and the, the way in which just breaking it down, the behaviours come through and how aligned that is. Yes. And then how strong that, you know, emanation is. And then having groups seems to be like a, like this is something I've been thinking about a lot, is this idea of um, the amplification in groups.
1: Yes. So
0: having, um, you know, a stronger signal by forming a group or by getting together with other people that um, are aligned in in certain ways, so it's a sense of like. Um, but it seems like what you're, yeah, what you're doing is almost like I'm just picturing like a group of like magicians or wizards or something, and you walk in and they just they can just sense by a a, a beingness what is needed and just provide that spell, and um, not that everything's instantly fixed, but it 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 might enliven. You know, a seed within you to allow you to come into deeper resonance with that harmony and contribute to the again contribute to that. You know, become a wizard yourself. These yes. are just what's going on. Pictures no, in my mind. It's but-
1: exactly you're getting it exactly. I mean, that's the the, the my dream is. You know, or it. I want to live in a world where it's as common to go do training like this as it is to go to the military. At least that common. Yep. And um, these kinds of spaces, like we've had now a few guests come and, and um, only recently we opened up to guests because we we're kind of cohering as a group. And it's amazing. They step into it and it's, you know, it's just a different way of being. And three months is not enough. Like this is, It really is kind of like a lifestyle.
0: What do you, you mean know? three months is not enough? Um, enough for what?
1: What did I say? Hmm. I mean, there's lots of ways I could go with that, but, but it's the group is becoming individuated. Hmm. It's finding its uniqueness, just as each individual in it is individuating and finding their power, their sovereignty. And like, as that happens more and more, the group field becomes more potentiated, more coherent, more intelligent, more able to deploy the right spell. And that that refinement is ongoing, um, and it just takes it takes time, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes experimentation, um, yeah. and I can but I can see like I can imagine a community like this after like five years, and just like the potency mm. with which it would receive individuals and their unique suffering, yeah. and its capacity to kind of transmute it into harmony it, it, it is is beautiful to me, like that possibility.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just making my heart smile. This is the idea of it. Mm. Yeah, 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 wow. I don't, yeah, this is just like, yeah, been such a special sharing. I think, yeah, it just I'm just picturing like you being in that group space and focusing on this and working through all these struggles and maybe being so deep in it that there's a lot you maybe can't see that's happening through the motion of this Um, but I can definitely feel it so I just wanted Mm -hmm. to share that with you and I'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of other people can and I'm sure it's kind of yeah it's it's a beautiful there's a beautiful thing building here and um, yeah like I mentioned earlier it's very exciting and I know amongst all the excitement and everything there must be a lot of um, again heaviness and difficulty and Mm -hmm. um, you know (laughs) you know like you said a few stumbles along the way and things like that um, but I think just the, the general trajectory of what you're doing on and, and the value behind that um is almost feels like there would be such an engine, you know, such a kind of something that's that helps you move through those spaces um and, uh, and absorb the teachings from them. Yeah. Sorry, hmm.
1: broke up a little bit i think i heard what you said though Are that's okay you, yeah oh,
0: okay I was, cool. I was talking to someone recently and they were kind of saying that um it was, a, it was a great conversation they were they were saying like sometimes the words that almost don't even matter you know it's just mm. like there's, there's a lot else that's no. being. I,
1: well, I do want to say. I mean, I heard I heard a lot of what you said, and I, I appreciate the reflection a lot, and it's very valuable to me to talk to somebody who gets it, who's outside the container. Uh, uh, it's it's. Hmm, I there's a part of me that can see the beauty of what is happening here. And it's just like very alive with it, especially in talking with you and seeing it reflected by you. Um, And then there's another part that's just like, this is fucking hard. Like I've worked so hard on this and the gap between my vision and my dreams and the actuality of it is vast. And the Mm. necessity for there to be many, many more spaces like this mm. in the world in my estimation mm. and the skill and and like bundle of skills necessary to host a space like this like it's taken me five years more than that a decade mm. of training mm. and i still feel like i'm not really up to it <laughs> and so i'm i've on the one hand i'm like yeah this is great and then on the other hand, i'm like holy shit this is hard and i feel just humbled by this experience and challenged in ways that it's been the it's been one of the most challenging it's been the most challenging no it's been in the top <laughs> top 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 five most challenging things of my life yeah uh there's some reason that like I, I, yeah
0: yeah there's I wanna, this idea of what you too. what you mentioned in that last podcast when you're closing things off about um like almost like being proud of the way that we you know can understand and think about things but without the behaviors matching that pride um, and it just being this kind of, you know, yeah, just like, it's just, there's like a, it's hard to even put words around it, but there's Lack a sense. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and yeah. a sense of like, not like there's so much to do um, and being, and, and almost like, I get this all the time, this feeling of like, and again, kindness to the self and gentleness comes in, but then there's a balance because if you go too much in that area, there's less work that gets done. So there's a sense of like, um, yeah, like we're getting called to step up right now. And it's like, what, what do we need to do that? And there's a question there, I guess, um, that is worthy. Like it's, it's worth being asked. Um, yeah. Yeah. For, for ourselves and it's different for everyone. It looks different. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well,
1: that's, 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 that's like, I had this conversation with Zach Stein when I restarted my podcast and Zach Stein is like one of my favorite people in the world. He's mm. an author who wrote this book, education in a time between world, between worlds. And he, in a lot of ways, reading that book is what made me realize I needed to go back to the monastic Academy because he, he, he presents the planetary crisis is fundamentally an educational crisis, and it's exactly what you say. It's like there, the the, I, what we need is spaces where you can go, where or where humans can go where, it feels right, right. It feels like it's in integrity. It feels like it's in trust, like it's trustworthy. It's mm-hmm. it's harmonious. Mm-hmm and in that space and i think only in such spaces can you actually discover what is your soul's calling what is it that you are meant to serve the world like what is that way what is that unique way
0: i'm getting i'm getting a glitch here and this is between what we were talking about earlier with like being where you're at with the responsibilities and obligations of where you're at mm. yeah and then being in these spaces where it feels right and it feels like the difficulty level and the and mm-hmm. all that stuff is in balance or at least fluctuating in that space so it's like there's a glitch there between the two because it's like how do you do oh. both at once you know
1: oh well usually people don't in this current world find themselves in such spaces until they've been in the traction of the suffering of this system because it, it what what, what if i'm if i'm understanding what you're pointing to correctly that uh, is is that to 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 do that kind of work of re- revelation in terms of your soul duty uh it requires turning towards the suffering that our system generally is conspiring to keep you from looking at and so uh that's that's the the, the necessity of that is that or the beauty of that is that it might open you up to the willingness to turn towards your suffering in a space like this where it can be
0: okay through i think i was just confused between physical spaces and maybe internal spaces
1: oh Um, oh, i see i see yep
0: that makes more sense yeah so i feel like i just paused you abruptly then i'm sorry for that
1: (laughs) oh it's okay i it's just it's just um yeah i i'm Passionate about the 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 possibility of there being more spaces like this. I don't exactly know where I was going beyond that. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I guess. I, the, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess what you were saying about the group. This is what's coming up for me is idea of a single, and then you know, like you said earlier, there can't be all the saw so, so use everywhere. So there's a sense of like, all right, the groups are forming, and there's a sense of that that's going on. But then, if you look at kind of the macro and the micro. Um, there's a sense of that could be a possibility that spreads in different spaces. And um, yeah. So there's a sense of like, you know, possibly hubs all over the world and like a sense of the connection uh, yes. between all that. And
1: that, oh, thank you. again, yeah.
0: amplifying <laughs> the whole thing, just, just as the group amplified. Yeah,
1: you're helping me like, remember all the work we're doing. It, 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 yeah. So that's the, I'm not a very good, uh, not very good at talking about the work I'm doing. I appreciate you. Um,
0: I think uh, I think you are. Me. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, so I- exactly right. So um, the idea, hopefully, is that if we get good at this, we can go to different locations in the world yeah. and um, invite a team who basically want to uh, launch a wisdom institution in a different city in a different geographic region. Um, we do a three month intensive to harmonize the collective intelligence and then support them ongoingly We're actually building a whole digital backend to help automate the running of these kinds of uh, environments you know things like admissions and marketing and uh, food procurement so on and so forth and and then you know ongoing support in various ways from the the central hub in Vermont. Um, uh and we call it, we call it the monastery in a box which is modeled after uh a lot of, like, <laughs> different franchise systems basically yeah, that yeah. make make it easy to boot this up um without being too centralized allowing for kind of ind- individual idiosyncrasy and experimentation yeah but that's that's one of our hopes is in terms of how we could create a kind of flourishing of wisdom institutions
0: yeah um, it seems like there's like this idea of decentralization is booming at the moment and the connection to that space is interesting in this kind of a context and as well, like piggybacking on all these successful um, forms of organization with, from all the franchises. Yeah. This is, this is cool. Yeah. It sounds like there's um a lot of brilliant minds working together to make um, this, this possible. And, the, and, and it, honestly, it feels me um, it, 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 it tends to kind of not take away from the heaviness, but increase the lightness Mm. of the spirit at the same time. So Mm. there's something really nice about just finding out about a lot of this and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really happy about it. Um, Mm. So yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, I feel like you, you were very, you're very skillful in the way that you share. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't agree with what you said earlier, Um, but yeah, there's just been so much here and even just the process of preparing to chat with you and wanting to, you know, go gave me an opportunity to go back over a lot of the conversations I've heard, you know, and I, I think the second or third listening, really, it's almost like reading a book and another couple of times, it's it, new things come up and hits me at a different stage because we're always in this flux of change. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to share my appreciation for, yeah, this moment and, and, and thank you for, yeah, for doing, doing this chat with me or having this shared space with me.
1: Yeah. Thanks for inviting me, Michael. It's, um, been lovely to have this conversation and to, um, yeah, I, I feel you to be a very like generous host, like, um. Both in terms of the uh, questions that you ask, but also in your willingness to share your own perspective, it's been just um, a real joy and an easeful conversation for me. And um, yeah, I'm really, just happy, happy to be here with you, and happy to have had this conversation.
0: Yeah, it, it feels really good. Yeah, um, wow. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Um, so, do you want to maybe? Share some more information about Maple as the traditional way to close a, a podcast. Oh sure, the people yeah. can yeah,
1: yeah. What what to share? Um, what, uh, well, so you can you can uh, go to monasticacademy.org and and find out more about Maple. We're also running. i It looks like we'll be running another three month intensive in San Francisco next year, um, probably towards the end of the year. And I would just say like. We're also uh, now in communication with people all over the world, actually, who are interested in starting up new um, branches in their region. Uh, And we're just beginning to build the infrastructure, like I said, to allow that to really happen. And so if you are, uh, if you want to be a part of this in whatever way, we're really, really looking, especially for people who suspect that this might be their vocation, like that they might want to give. Some significant portion of their life to developing um, a flourishing network of wisdom institutions right now. Who like see that as like a calling. Um, uh, I, you know, there's not much money in it, but there's a lot of meaning and beauty. Um, and so, if that's you, please reach out to the monastic Academy. You can reach out to me uh, personally. I'm uh, on Twitter is at d thorson, um, or you can just email me. I think my email is like on the internet. Um, but I will be. I'm actually going into a solitary retreat in about a month for about 80 days. So maybe don't actually email me unless <laughs> if you're listening to this very soon. But uh,
0: uh,
1: yeah, yeah, just please reach out. Like um,
0: this will probably be out around that time you pop out. So
1: oh really? Yeah. Oh great. Okay, then email me. <laughs>
0: yeah, reach out. <laughs> Who knows
1: where I'll be. Um, and we also do offer online courses too. Um, we have a couple online courses too you can take to learn about our ecology of practices.
0: Cool. All right. Should we? Um... Put a full stop on the recording. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, Michael. (sighs) Thank you so much for sharing your presence with me and for coming on this journey. If you're interested in working one-on-one with me, head over to todaydreamer.com to see what I may have on offer. And if you're interested at all in checking out some of the other videos, head over to youtube.com forward slash todaydreamer or there'll be more content uh, around cultivating the practice of presence in order to more fully contribute or participate in the blossoming of the emergent world story together. Catch you in the next episode and be well.